We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome to the NFC East Feast Mock Draft Special Edition. I'm with my man, John Warman, and we're going to be talking about one of our favorite things of the offseason, and that's the NFL Draft, brother. Let's go, man. I'm pre-pod, just telling you, man, the NFL is better than anybody at selling hope, and like every year, draft time comes around, and it's that hope, right? It starts bubbling up. We just think our team is going to change their future in the next couple of weeks here. Oh, dude, I'm I'm buying up hope like uh, FTX stock before they went under for the Ponzi scheme <laughs> that they were. But um, I'm so excited, man. Free agency, I think, has been pretty kind to all four teams in the division, as, as we talked about in our podcast last month. So we're going to do a mock draft here, guys. John's got a mock draft up on his screen. I got one up on my screen, so we're pretty much – he's going to be Kuiper. I'm going to be McShay, and we're each going to um, mock all four teams in the division. We're gonna, just going to do the first and second round. Before then, I want to do a little housekeeping in the division. And I don't want to jinx you, John, but a premature celebration. Um, it sounds like Dan Snyder has uh, tentatively sold the team to the Harris Group. Absolutely. Um, that's the rumor, right? Like they've already submitted uh, and gotten an approval. It took a little while because they had to, um, I think, clear uh, a specific number, which was $6 billion that Dan wanted to see. So they went 6.05. He finally accepted it. And now uh, we're just waiting on, I believe, the NFL to, to kind of cross the uh, T's and dot the I's on that paperwork and vet the ownership group out and go through their process. And uh, once they've accepted it, then that offer can be officially uh, kind of, um, I think, voted on or, or uh, you know, enacted. But I think in this time period, there is still a window where there's been some rumors of some other bids coming through and that until the NFL finally approves it and it's signed off on there is still the opportunity for someone else out there to bid. So my favorite thing throughout the the last couple of weeks with this was, you know, getting that first bid, you know, seeing the celebration, seeing how excited fans are that this is like, this is the closest thing now that we've got to like, okay, this is really happening. Right. And then on top of that, for him to kind of be in a way publicly humiliated by Bezos, once again, with Bezos kind of having to finally come out publicly and say like, I'm not bidding on the team. Like, <laughs> yeah. stop trying to bait me to pay you seven billion for this team. I think Bezos might be waiting in the wings for a cheaper franchise. Um, you know, yes. he's obviously a smart businessman, and a lot of people have him tied to Seattle. But if the Harris bid ends up uh, coming through, I think that is uh, possibly for the best. You know, the JP Finleys of the world, him and B Mitch have discussed it uh, to no end on their on their show, and uh, they seem to like this group the most, even from the get go. So. 
they've got ownership experience between him, between uh, Magic. I don't know if Mitchell Rails has ownership experience, but he's got ties to D.C. and, and to the, the Washington team. Um, and these guys know what they're doing. I mean, you look at the 76er success, like, you got to be hyped. You got to be excited about Josh Harris. He seems to know what he's doing as an owner. Yeah, I think it is funny that he has Philadelphia ties, you know, with with obviously the Eagles being in the, in the division. But to speak to your point, um, if you guys are NBA fans, if you've been watching the playoffs, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tobias Harris, the Philadelphia 76ers look, uh, look very strong. So if they can bring that kind of continuity and leadership to Washington – with the you know Eric Bieniemy hire, with the emergence of Sam Howell, some of these uh, these new free agents you got, and lead into this NFL draft. If you guys can kill this draft, I think the Commanders are going to be right in there competing for a wild card spot with the rest of the division. So I don't know if I send it to you, but uh, uh, just a, a cherry on top there. Uh, one of the local breweries up in uh, the D.C. area. Did you see the By Dan IPA? No. By Dan, as in B Y E. Bye. See yeah. you later, Dan. <laughs> sold sold out in uh in like a day or two. Everything that they made, um, they announced it or, or released it like the weekend that uh just after the the, the bid was announced that it was accepted. Yeah. Uh, on the can, it's a picture of um our stupid new mascot, uh Major Tutty. It's Major, Major Tutty. Tutty, and the Major Tutty is saying uh it's twenty three years of bitterness. Yes, I love an it. IPA made with 23 years of bitterness, and the T-shirt that has Major Tutty like throwing Dan Snyder like out the yep. door. It's, yep. it's it's fun times for your for your fan base. So I'm <laughs> I'm very happy for you guys, um, and I'm also very happy for uh, Jalen Hurts. You guys know, although I'm a Cowboys fan, I've been uh, I've been riding his jockstrap the past couple years. <laughs> I think he's the real deal. I love him on and off the field. And to get $255 million, the largest contract in NFL history, I mean, obviously, Howie Roseman and the Eagles front office agree with me. Um, I mean, obviously, this is just the NFL now, uh, whether it's Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, or perhaps Lamar Jackson. The next quarterback will get an even larger contract. Yeah. But I thought it's it's interesting. Uh, between Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, and Daniel Jones, like three of the top like seven or eight highest paid quarterbacks are in the NFC East. And it's then crazy. there's the Washington Commanders, which with uh, you know, probably paid Sam Howell about you know, like yeah, so, four so or five uh, million, I think. It's quite a contrast, but I, I have a feeling like maybe this mock draft, um, maybe you guys go after quarterback if, if one falls. But uh, but we'll see. Let's get it underway, guys. The 2023 NFL draft has officially kicked off. Um, in this mock I have, I think, John, you probably have the same thing. Bryce Young is going number one. to yep, um, for The same. quarterback from Alabama is going to go uh, to the Carolina Panthers. And then uh, juxtapose uh, the Houston Texans. Some people have them taking C.J. Stroud. Some people have them taking Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. Maybe they go after um, Jalen Carter or Will Anderson because D'Amico Ryan's is a defensive guy. Regardless, we're not going to go through the entire first nine. But uh, surprisingly enough, the first team that's going to pick <laughs> out of the NFC East is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the pick they got for New from New Orleans and the C.J. Gardner-Johnson trade. So, Gosh, it's frustrating. With the 10th pick in the 2023 NFL draft, I have the Philadelphia Eagles selecting Peter Skaronsky. This is a tackle. They can also play guard out of the University of Northwestern. 6'4", 300 pounds, has sub 33-inch arms. Um, this is a guy I can see eventually replacing Lane Johnson. I think he's going to retire in just a year or so. 
wins with his hands is what the scouts are telling me. Versatile can play up and down the offensive line and virtually um, nothing as far as character concerns on or off the field. This guy is a, is a plug and play player because of the talent on Philadelphia. I don't even know if he starts week one, but I think he's going to start for the city of brotherly love in a long time. I've got the Eagles taking Skaronsky. John, how about you? Yeah. So uh, it's probably interesting. Like you said, we're not going to go through all nine picks, but um, they probably shook out differently. Yours and mine. I'm kind of surprised. This one's got, uh, you know, all of the major quarterbacks gone by the time the, you know, the 10th and not that the Philadelphia Eagles are interested in the quarterback, but I think that takes away any option at the 10th pick that may be there for someone tempted to kind of go up and get one of those guys. So a trade out, probably not likely. And you and I were discussing pre-pod. The Philadelphia Eagles right now, I think, are are one of those teams that um, they almost have an embarrassment of riches, right? They've got a starter at every position for the most part. Uh, they did lose some depth. So uh, falling to me here at 10 also, they've got Peter Skaronsky. And I think I would agree with your pick there. I'm going to go with the same thing. They've got Quentin Johnson available here, wide receiver TCU. Um, I think that could maybe be a good fit, but <clears throat> for them, really, that's a that's more of a depth signing. Whereas Skaronsky, I think, in the next year or two, uh, you know, if they have retirements ac- across that offensive line, they're worried about Jason Kelsey uh, and Lane Johnson, as we mentioned in the in the free agency yes. pod. That could they they could be their time could be coming anytime soon. So um, I think that makes a lot of sense for them. So I'm going Peter Skaronsky also actually. All right, and I think that's a great pick for for Philly. And uh, we also talked about the possibility because they really don't have a need. We could see Bijan Robinson come off the board at number yeah. ten, and that, that's a that's wild. Sight. If if they had Bijan Robinson, Rashad Penny, and Kenneth Gainwell, and Jalen Hurts, that that's an unstoppable running game. And I shut. I think that makes think. a ton of sense for them too. And it's like, yeah. I think I'm picking Skaronsky here in hopes that they don't go. <laughs> Somebody yes, like please. John Robinson, right? But I think realistically, yeah, I think that's a that's a good fit for them. And it's a luxury pick, but there it's a luxury pick that they can afford. All right. And with the 16th pick in the 2023 NFL draft. John, this is your team, sir. I want you to go first. Who are the Washington Commanders taking a 16? Man, just before the pod started, I told you the one guy that I liked on my board that I felt fit and would be a, a day one starter for us. Um, and that's Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out right. of Oregon. Um, he, he fell to us here in my mock. Um, you know, on tape, they're saying Gonzalez is the most scheme and alignment versatile corner in, in the class. He'll play press, off, man, zone, outside, inside, whatever. Um, and we need that. We need we need somebody, like I said, that can make an impact on day one because um, – there's probably different configurations we used last year that were successful, but cornerback yes. was a pretty obvious uh, uh, need position for us. So a uh, couple of other guys that went off the board on, on this mock that I like, um, they've got Lucas Van Ness, um, de- decent edge rusher. Um, I think a lot of people from, uh, have tied Iowa, him. Right? Yeah. I think a lot of people have tied him to uh, the Cowboys um, yes. as an edge rusher. Uh, also Dalton Kincaid. That's another one that's, uh, uh, I think the Cowboys probably coming up here uh, in the next uh, two picks for the for the East. Would have liked to have seen be around, but Christian Gonzalez for Washington at 16. How did it shake I out on it. your side? I love it. Christian Gonzalez got taken on my mic draft by the New England Patriots um, at 14. So they, they snagged him right before you guys, but I'm with you, John. I like the Washington Commanders to get a corner here, 
And I got them taking Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. Out of Penn State. This kid's got a pedigree. His dad, we all know Joey Porter Sr., played for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a long time. He's a press corner, very physical, 6'2", 200 pounds. So he's going to give you um, – you line him up with uh, Benjamin St. Juice for the next decade. you got two great corners. Um, one red flag on him is uh, he's a little grabby. Um, he's got some flags thrown on him because he is so physical. But that's something I think that um, the defensive coaches in Washington can uh, can get him on the right track. Um, he's had a career this year. Um, he only allowed 143 yards um, against him in 10 games this year at Penn State. Wow. So this kid, no, I, I like him the, a lot. It's the real deal. And we both got the commanders uh, going corner uh, at the number 16 pick. And next up on the clock, we're going to have the New York football giants. And the pick is in. Now the Giants guys, they got they got some needs. Uh, I, I think they could use help on defense and offense. But what I really think they need is a playmaker. Uh, a lot of people I saw have had them taking uh, Zay Flowers from Boston College. I really like Zay Flowers. For me, I'm going to have them take a wide receiver, but I have them taking Jordan Addison out of hmm. USC. I like Addison over Flowers only because I think he's more of just a pure wide receiver. I think Flowers is just a crazy explosive athlete. His route running is is sensational, but so is Jordan Addison. Addison's a little bit bigger, 5'11", 173. Doesn't have prototypical number one receiver traits, but the defense um, leaves him singled up. He'll make you pay. Um, he excels at creating separation, and uh, he'll be able to run the full route tree day one in the NFL. He was the Blitnikoff Award winner um, for University of Pittsburgh in 2021. Um, that's that, that's before he transferred to USC. And who was the quarterback for Pitt in 2021? It was Kenny Pickett. So him and Kenny Pickett were a lethal combination. Came over to USC. And the past two seasons combined between USC and Pittsburgh, he's caught 159 balls for 2,400 yards. So this kid, I think, is going to come in. And day one, possibly be a number one receiver for the Giants. I mean, with all due respect to guys like my boy Richie James Jr. and uh, Darius Slayton, uh, this is just somebody else to go along with the new addition of uh, who's the tight end, Darren Waller. Just just yeah. a toy for Daniel Jones to continue to progress as a quarterback. And I think Brian Dable has all sorts of fun with his rookie wide receiver. John, who you got the Giants taking at twenty four? Yeah, I agree with your pick there. I think wide receiver, we've all talked about how, uh, you know, offensive line, wide receiver, I think we, we mentioned in the uh, in the um, free agency pod as well. And, and then defensive backs, um, I think, are all need points or pressure yes. points for this team. Um, I, I agree with you, though. I think the talent pool up at the top here for wide receiver is is where they're going to make the most uh, value out of, out of that first round pick. So I've got both of those guys available for me. I'm going to go Zay Flowers here. Um, I think um, Zay Flowers is the most complete or one of the most complete wide receivers uh, in this draft. Like you said, he's got incredible route running ability um, and he's got speed. He is only 5'9", um, but when you've got a big body like Darren Waller, um, I think they're going to be able to take advantage of, of some other schemes for Zay Flowers, right? Because you always have that dump off capability. Yep. Uh, he's a movable weapon. Um, they can line him up in, in different areas. And because of his speed, he's going to be a mismatch problem. Um, if they get him on linebackers or on safeties, he's going to burn them every time. Uh, Florida boy, always, right? Florida products, I love. Um, oh, yeah. But it's scary to think, you know, 
he's been productive uh, as a as a polished route runner. Um, but he's often running routes that kind of drawn up on paper without uh, him having to like think about manipulating defenders. So once he gets that ability in the NFL to, I think he'll probably get coached up. Um, and, and I think with the giants, he'll get an option, uh, sorry, an opportunity uh, to really shine because of the lack of weapons uh, on the, yes. on the wide receiving core there. You know, who I just, um, as you were talking about Zay flowers, I forgot the giants also have Juan Dale Robinson, a rookie they drafted last year out of Kentucky. He's yeah. another undersized explosive player. So if they if they could have a future of, of Wandale Robinson, Zay Flowers, and obviously the, the big body tight ends, we'll see what happens with Saquon Barkley. I feel like there's still a lot of a lot still to come with their offseason. That's a decent offense for for the Giants. Yeah. They they could also take an offensive lineman. They 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 do need to protect their 160 million dollar quarterback. But as for John and I, we've got the Giants um, adding weapons at the 25th pick. And with the very next pick, my Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. And guys, that the mock draft I have, Bijan Robinson is still available. Same. In my in my heart of hearts, I, I don't want to go full Homer because I think if I take Bijan Robinson, I'm just going to drool on the microphone for the next two <laughs> to three minutes, and just and I, I I just don't think he's going to be there. Um. So for me. I hey, listen, man, take... we're doing two of them. Why don't you go full Homer? I, you know what? Fine. I'll go full Homer. <laughs> I, I was I was going to go Michael Mayer, the tight end. Yeah, out that's of, who I'm looking uh... at. Okay. Well, then I will go Bijan. I'm going to go Bijan Robinson here, guys. I think he is a generational talent at running back. He is a bell call back, a feature back. The only negative on him is he's had a few fumbles. But other than that, this guy runs with power. This guy runs elusive. He had the best rushing grade in all of college football. Um, for a 220-pound running back, he reaches ridiculous top speed. He's 5'11", 215. He's only uh, 21 years old. I, I, he screams Adrian Peterson to me. And you remember when Adrian Peterson came into the league, the immediate impact he had in the Minnesota Vikings. I really feel if the Dallas Cowboys either trade up, I think that's more realistic. I don't think he falls at 25. Maybe we find a trading partner in the teams to come up and grab Bijan Robinson. But I really do think if we get Bijan Robinson, he's going to, I think Ezekiel Elliott was second all time. His rookie year, he had 1,600 yards. I think Bijan Robinson goes for 1,500 yards. I think he goes for 10 touchdowns. And I think he honestly might put the Dallas Cowboys to the top of the NFC right now. I would definitely put the 49ers and Eagles ahead of them. I think he's that kind of player that we have our offensive line solidified with the addition of Brandon cooks. I think the weapons are above average. The defense is all coming back. I think this, this is the missing piece that could have the Dallas Cowboys in their first NFC championship since 1995, 96. So, I mean, I'm, I'm getting excited here. I don't think it's going to happen, but Hey, we're having fun, John Cowboys take B. John Robinson and my mock. How about you? Yeah, dude. So, I mean, that here's the other thing is like so many people are talking about Bijan Robinson being, you know, a generational prospect, a Saquon Barkley esque player, a Ezekiel Elliott esque player. And in today's day and age, we discussed it in the in the free agency pod. But, you know, teams just don't value running backs um, all that much anymore. So a lot of these GMs are going to convince themselves not to take somebody in the first round to try to let them fall and to take a later product. Um, just that has more value, but the, you, the Dallas Cowboys aren't everybody else, right? You guys have Jerry Jones, uh, in that front office. And this just to me is just a very Jerry Jones move, right? It's a Texas yes. product. 
he's you know it's a fan move fan favorite honestly would probably become a quick fan favorite but yes so that move makes a lot of sense but i do think also so does michael mayer and i think that george would be proud of this this draft here so i'm going to go michael mayer tight end out of notre dame um as george mentioned you know he he felt like that was a big big loss for you guys um at uh free agency losing dalton schultz um yes. van riper's lookalike so <laughs> losing him losing dax dump off i think that they gotta find somebody that he can build quick rapport with and this guy is a stud you know he's he's a physical guy which you want to see as a tight end um they have him listed here that he can improve his speed right i mean he's a 6'4 249 guy so Huge. he's definitely a big boy um but as far as his role as an inline tight end they say, you know, if you need a tight end that can go head defend uh, head to head with defensive ends in the run game, solid. But then he's also, a, you know, a very competent uh, savant over the middle of the field as far as route running is concerned. So, I mean, that's kind of what you need. Like we said, we uh, a solid dump off um, that can that can be Dak's security blanket. But then he's well polished enough to to assist in the run game, um, which is going to be important because you know the Cowboys they they love the run game with. Uh, with the backfield that they have. Yeah. I think, I think him being the polished route runner, as you said, that fits the mold of Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is always very good at um, sitting down in the zone, finding the weakness of the defense and Dak Prescott would find him as we talked about in the free Asian episode, uh, Dalton Schultz was top five in targets, touchdowns and receptions um, the past few years in the NFL. And uh, the note that, that you had just said, I didn't, I had not heard that about Michael Mayer, that he is a great inline blocker. And yeah. to me, when I look at the NFC East and I, I see the Washington Commanders with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, I see the New York football giants with uh, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, and then the Philadelphia Eagles with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, and they have a, st- a, a plethora of, uh, of weapons on their defensive line. That is huge. If he can be a, a blocker for Tony Pollard and whoever else uh, we might have at running back um, come September, that's a great bonus. I think that's, that's probably more of a realistic pick for Dallas, but but I love my dream scenario of this mock draft where where Bijan Robinson is sitting there. I mean, it's tasty, man. It's hard to, it's hard to turn that down, right? Yeah. So just just for just so you know, and this makes a ton of sense, but in my mock, Michael Mayer to the Cowboys, the very next pick, twenty seven to Buffalo, Bijan Robinson. So oh there's God. a chance that he might not. You know, like you said, he's not. He, there's a very good chance he might not be there for you guys at twenty six. And according to this mock, he's not going to last much longer than twenty six uh, or past twenty six. Could you imagine that Buffalo offense with Bijan Robinson? That would make a ton of sense, right there. <laughs> That's so scary. All right, let's finish up the first round of our mock draft. Um, the Eagles, what do you know, guys? Our old friends, the Eagles, this is actually their pick, the number 30th pick, because they lost the Super Bowl. And with the 30th pick in the 2023 NFL draft, I've got the Philadelphia Eagles selecting Maisie Smith, a defensive lineman from the University of Michigan, Smith is a special athlete for a 337-pound hog molly nose tackle. Um, he could do very well. Um, people are comparing him to Don Terry Poe when he came out. Uh, he turned in a strong performance. He's got grown man strength. Once this guy gets his paws on you, you're, there's, you're not getting away. This is a pure nose tackle, 6'3", like I said, uh, approaching 340 pounds. Played for Jim Harbaugh, so you know he's tough. And this is another thing. I, I had them taking Skaronsky. 
Skaronsky, I feel, is going to eventually take the place of Lane Johnson. This is a guy who I eventually feel takes the place of Fletcher Cox. Uh-huh. You know, we talk we talk about that core four in Philadelphia of Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, and Lane Johnson. Those guys, I, I feel in my heart, if the Eagles are going to have a great football team this year. If they make another run at the Super Bowl, this might be the last time we see all those guys. A lot of them are back on one-year deals. So I think Maisie Smith comes in, provides depth, and what do you know? Let's say Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham do retire after 2023. Now we have Jordan Davis and Maisie Smith in-house. We already have the next generation of a dominant Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. And with the talent in the NFC East, you need to be strong up the middle. I think Maisie Smith provides depth immediately and eventually provides long-term success for that defensive coaching staff, which is going to be under new coordination. Um, they lost they lost uh, both their coordinators, Steichen and Gannon. So the new coordinator for uh, Philadelphia gets a, gets a fun toy at the end of the first round. John, who do you got the Eagles taken at number 30? Yeah, so I think just to shake it up and to not do the same uh, same pick as you, they've got Maisie Smith here. I like that pick too, and I think that makes a ton of sense. I honestly think that makes the most sense for them um, yeah. just because, again, where they're situated, what they've got left over in free agency. Um, but I also think um, at the same way that they could have afforded the luxury pick of Bijan Robinson up there at 10, my yeah. draft board here still has Jordan Addison um, sitting here available. So, you know, I know that they did. They did, Eagles recently paid um, AJ Brown, right? They restructured that contract, so he's going to be there for a bit. Yes, Devonta Smith is yet to be paid, though. Correct? Yeah, yeah. That's where he's only his second year, so he's got a couple years left on his rookie deal. But they will have right. to pay him very shortly. So I do feel like you know I'm going to take Jordan Addison for them here. I think it's like I said, a luxury pick, but I think it uh, it bolsters an already very very good wide receiving room, um, yes. and it just gives them. Uh, a little bit more uh, to work with. Um, obviously, you want to give Jalen Hurts as many weapons as you can because um, yes. he's going to make he's he's a he's your playmaker, right? So, yep. um, they're saying here he doesn't have prototypical number one receiver traits, uh, but he doesn't have to, right? They're saying that you know if he if he ends up singled up in the even in the NFL, um, he's still going to make people pay. So, five um, eleven. Um, I'm not sure that any of those guys have a ton of height, but 5'11 is a, a pretty good size, I feel like, for for an NFL wide oh, receiver. Yeah. He's 21 years old. Um, he's ranked 30th on their big board. So um, I like that pick here. Wide receiver, Jordan Addison. I think, man, if the rich get richer, if the Eagles yeah. land Jordan Addison and that's their trio, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Jordan Addison, or plug in um, another wide receiver that may fall to them at 30, or maybe they'll have a guy in the second round fall to them. Jalen Hurts is, is going to be worth every penny of that $255 million. And who knows, their running game might take a step back this year. Um, Rashad Penny is injury prone. You know, Kenneth Gainwell showed flashes last year, but he's certainly not a right. every down back. They might lean on the passing game a little bit more. They were so run heavy last year. So maybe a shift in the Eagles offense, you know, with, with getting three stud wide receivers is, is exactly the, the direction that they're going. But either way, I think both of our picks would have Eagles fans very excited. All right, now we're going to the second round. So we're going to have to wait a while. The next available pick for us is going to be 47. And that is going to be the Washington Commanders. John, this is your team. Who are the Commanders taking at 47? I'm a little undecided here. 
So uh, one of the guys, uh, you know, obviously getting Christian Gonzalez, like I said, was kind of my hope, right? If yes. he doesn't make it to Washington in that first round, um, there are some offensive linemen that I did like. Uh, the kid from Tennessee is starting to shoot up some draft boards, Darnell Wright. Uh, he's a oh, tackle, but he can play both. You know who uh, I hear him compared to, which is so perfect for Washington? I hear he's like a baby Trent Williams. Like oh the same gosh. kind of nasty physical player. Yeah. So seeing him or Osiris Torrance, the guard uh, out yes. of uh, Florida, if one of them somehow slipped to the second round, I have seen some stuff where Osiris Torrance slips to the second round. That would be amazing for me. But that didn't happen here, right? So okay. um, I do think that Washington needs to address uh, the offensive line. Um, okay. I think we did a little bit of that in the uh, free agency period that we had, but we didn't make any like, you know, groundbreaking moves, to be honest with you. Um, I think Andrew Wiley's nice, um, but they've got two decent centers here. They've got Luke Weipler out of Ohio State, and then okay. they've got uh, Joe Tipman uh, out of Wisconsin. Uh, they've got Weipler uh, ranked just slightly higher. Um, I've heard, I've heard better things about Weipler in, in the little bit that I've heard. Yeah. Um, so they're saying the biggest thing is that he's definitely going to be a center, right? And we've had issues at center the last couple of years. Um, so I feel like it is a, a massive position of need. They don't, they, they don't believe that he's got the, the frame to move to guard. Um, but he definitely, they're saying here, understands line of scrimmage play. He's, uh, he's very good at establishing and reestablishing leverage, which is super important on the offensive line. Um, so, yeah, I, I would really like to see them focus on offensive line and the way that this fell here. I think Luke Weipler is the, is the best pick. So Washington gets a center, hopefully, for the future there. All right. You guys signed, was it, that was Nick Gates. Is that the center that you signed in the offseason? Yeah, I'm not super, like I said, I'm not super thrilled. They also said that Nick Gates is one of those guys that could move around the offensive line. Okay. So. Yeah, and obviously he's not going to be your long-term answer, even if he is the starting center come week one. But yeah, if yeah. With the versatility of him, if you get a center and he has a strong camp, maybe Weipler comes in and he shows during uh, preseason and during um, you know during camp if he if he's able to stand up to John Allen and uh, Deron Payne, you know they're like, okay, this kid's the real deal, and they'll throw him out there week one. We shall see. Right. I am going to have the Washington defense um, bolster the linebacking core. I got the commanders taking Jack Campbell, a linebacker from Iowa. Campbell is as reliable as it gets in this class when it comes to linebackers. 6'5", 245. He's got NFL caliber range. His skills are definitely going to translate to the next level. Uh, Campbell is so good at executing his role as a run defender, his ability to stack and shred tackles continually. Um, He's all over ball carrier, sideline to sideline. And I think uh, he eventually will be a middle linebacker. I know you guys – lost Cole Holcomb um, a year ago and you Jamin Davis. That's who you drafted out of uh, pretty yeah. high. He, um, I, yep. I, I've seen, I've seen flashes from Davis, but I, I haven't really seen him. He put was a first round together. pick two or three years ago. He was a high pick too. Like maybe yeah. top, top 15 closer to the top 10. So I think Jack Campbell can push him for playing time. And w- when you get a milk drinker from a big 10 school, you know, he's going to mm-hmm. come in and compete. If he, if he doesn't earn a starting role, I think this is someone who just makes an already good defense even better. So a luxury pick here. And I think the, out of all three phases of the commander's defense, they need to work on the linebacking core yeah. out, of, out of all that. 
Yeah, I don't know if I would call that a luxury pick. So Jack Campbell in this mock, where I in my mock where I just took Weipler, went one pick before us to the Patriots. Okay. But I would like that. I would I would like that pick a lot as a Washington fan. Um, we need somebody that can step in there and be a true traditional Mike linebacker. The only thing is, is I feel like sometimes the way that Ron and Jack Del Rio are running the defense, they feel like that that's not a full necessity. But okay. if you get value in a player like that in the second round of the draft, maybe they make that investment. Okay. All right. And next up, we've got the New York football giants at pick 57. And because of the recent news about Saquon Barkley not showing up to camp, eventually I do think they get him in-house. Have but he is, he's he's on a one-year contract. He's a franchise-tagged player. Running backs are not getting paid anymore. I don't see him sustaining the success he had last year long-term. I think he could have another nice season, a Pro Bowl season. But I think the Giants need to address the running back room. I think they go after Jameer Gibbs here, running back from Alabama. Gibbs is a home run waiting to happen. A little undersized at 5'9", but he packs a punch at 299. Um, he also is uh, very good at catching the ball. 103 passes he caught over his three years in Alabama for 1,200 yards and eight receiving touchdowns. He's pretty much any adjective you can think of when it, when it comes to somebody getting somewhere in a hurry. From point A to point B, the guy moves forward, backwards, left, right, any direction in a hurry. I I mean, running backs from Alabama, they're usually pretty successful. If you go all the way back to the the Mark Hen- um, Derrick Henry, excuse me, um, we got uh, I'm drawing a blank. A uh, Mark Ingram, uh, Josh Jacobs um, led the NFL in rushing last year out in Oakland. He's from Alabama. Bama produces tremendous running backs. Nick Saban knows how to coach him up, and I think Jameer Gibbs. Even if Saquon Barkley is in-house, I think he gets significant playing time, especially on third down. And if something happens with Saquon either this year or the next few years and uh, you see him playing in a different uniform, I think the Giants get an absolute home run here in the second round. Jameer Gibbs, Alabama. John, who do you got the G-men taking at pick 57? Man, yeah, Jameer Gibbs would be big time for them. And and like you said, it would definitely give them the opportunity to not have so much stress about having Saquon Barkley walk out the door. I agree with you. I think they get something done. Um, So here they've got uh, Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas available. I like this pick a lot. He's ranked the number one one player still on the board uh, here by PFF. Um, And with Wink Martindale being there as the defensive coordinator, the very first thing that this says is what what is his role? He's a blitz-heavy linebacker. And when you think of Wink Martindale, you think of the blitzing scheme. So yep. I think this pick kind of works out perfectly. He's 6'4", he's 235. He's, he's an aggressive uh, size for a linebacker for sure. Um, they, they say that mentioning here he can improve his tackling. Um, and, and when obviously everybody wants the next Micah Parsons, he's not that. But they've got him listed here as, you know, he's ready to bring some juice, especially in that blitzing package. So I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, I can't name you a a New York Giants linebacker. Uh, They brought in in somebody uh, at the beginning of last year that I – I can't remember. Blake Martinez? Blake Blake? Martinez, yeah. And and I and I did like that pickup, but I think think the Giants could benefit here from, from bolstering that linebacking room. Can we can we officially call him the ghost of Blake Martinez if he reached that status? Because he's certainly not so, the, yeah. the the former Green Bay Packer. I think once no. led the NFL in tackles. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, the very next pick is going to be in the NFC East as well. Um, this is going to be 
the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, and my NFL draft noise didn't work. I went to an ad. But the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock, guys. And a pick number 58. Now, I have a kid here, Zach Charbonnet, a running back at UCLA. Really if Bijan really Robinson if Bijan Robinson is not there in the first round, I can see the Cowboys taking Zach Charbonnet, or maybe, as I just said, Jameer Gibbs, if the Giants were to pass on him. I can see the Cowboys getting it back here. But in my mock draft, I have already have the Cowboys taking Bijan Robinson. So I'm going to have the Cowboys bolster their secondary here. And I'm going to have them select Keeley Ringo, a cornerback from Georgia. Ringo is a mammoth corner, 6'2", 210 pounds. He's built to play in a press-heavy defense. Um, Dan Quinn loves to be aggressive with his corners, and he could learn behind a veteran in Stephon Gilmore. They, they call him bump, bump and grind Gilmore for a reason. Nobody's better at that. He's just a touch inconsistent in his breaks. He, ha- he has allowed some deep threats. But like I said, if you play behind Stefan Gilmore, I think that's something that, that you can uh, certainly learn. Uh, life is a lot easier when you're a big, fast corner, and that's exactly what he is to go along with that 6'2 frame. Also ran a good 40 at the combine. Uh, Ringo's best fit would be an outside corner. And uh, obviously that's where he lines up for the Cowboys. Um, he has interesting twitch in range is something else that I'm reading the scouts are saying as well. And I think, obviously, the Cowboys are going to have the new toy, Stephon Gilmore, along with Trayvon Diggs. You've got guys like Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown who are a little bit more questionable as your nickel and dime corners. I think eventually, Keeley Ringo um, and Trayvon Diggs uh, match up three years from now as one of the better cornerback tandems in the league. In the meantime, it just adds depth to an already terrific Dan Quinn defense. John, who you got the Dallas Cowboys selecting at number 58? Man, I like Keely Ringo a lot, and I've actually seen, um, you know, I kind of went uh, went away from what I've seen with a lot of the Washington mock drafts, but he's been uh, tied to Washington. I know he did a visit there, so that's a, that's a heck of a player. Um, I think they've even said if he doesn't work out at cornerback, then he's an easy plug-and-play at safety position too. Ah, um, so he can, he can definitely do a couple of different things in the defensive backfield. But your first assessment, um, that Zach Charbonnet. Uh, I watched yeah. a couple of the UCLA games um, with Max uh, over like the Thanksgiving break and the Christmas break when we were back home, and that kid definitely can run the football. Um, I like him a lot, and because I went with uh, Michael Mayer in the first round, I'm going to go with that Zach Charbonnet pick here. Let's go. Uh, so, as you mentioned, um, Charbonnet is definitely a polished runner, uh, polished runner of the football. Um, Twenty touches per game. Uh, handled with UCLA. So he can definitely tote the rock. He can take a pounding. Um, I feel like that's not necessarily always been Tony Pollard's strength or or at least what he's known for. I think over the last couple of years, obviously his workload has increased and he's and he's looked better for it. Uh, but you can never have enough depth now at, uh, at the running back position. And this is somebody that uh, I think gives Dallas that one-two punch again. Um, and, and kind of bolsters uh, some of the area that they've lost. Now, I think that one thing that you mentioned uh, with free agency is if for some reason uh, nobody uh, kind of jumps uh, on the Zeke um, testing the waters kind of trial yeah. here, I also think that Zeke could, uh, you know, you mentioned in the free agency pod, end up back with the Cowboys. But if that doesn't happen or if, if somebody like Charbonnet is here in the second round and the Cowboys want to go get him, I think this pick works really well. 
couldn't agree more with Tony Pollard coming off of the broken leg. You don't want to put a whole lot on that guy's plate, especially the first few months of the season. Other than Tony Pollard, I mean, we signed Ronald Jones, you know, from yeah. the, who used to play on, on the Bucks and the Chiefs. We got Malik Davis, an undrafted kid, uh, to Florida a couple years ago. We need some juice in the running back room, and I think a kid like Charbonnet, absolutely in the second round, would be a huge need filled. So, so I think if we don't score the Bijan pick Charbonnet at uh, at pick 58, excuse me, is an absolute home run. Now let's finish up our mock draft. Now the Eagles are picking at number 62. The Philadelphia Eagles at pick 62 guys. I've got them taking Jalen Hyatt wide receiver out of Tennessee. This kid is a speedster and a sub 4-3-40 at the combine. He possesses elite juice. That helped him score 15 touchdowns this past year, guys. I don't know if you saw the game when uh, Tennessee upset Alabama. Jalen Hyatt had five touchdowns in that game alone, almost 300 yards receiving. Wow. Absolutely torched the Crimson Tide. Um, can can run vertical routes more than anything. Maybe not such a skilled route runner as uh, we talked about Jordan Addison. And Zay Flowers, um, but his second gear is is something that all the d- defensive backs in the NFL are going to have to respect on day one. Uh, six feet, one hundred seventy six pounds, so certainly not a physical guy. You know, he's just a cheeseburger uh, heavier than Devonte Smith. Uh, but <laughs> but you know what? If 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 he's the number three receiver for Philadelphia, much like you had them taking Jordan Addison, either of those two guys, you're playing behind two Pro Bowl players in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Not going to be a whole lot of pressure on you. You still got Dallas Goddard in that offense, uh, who's a huge target share for tight ends. And it doesn't matter who they have at running back. They can have, you know, Mo Larry and Curly. And the goddamn <laughs> Eagles, are they're still going to pound the rock. They're going to run the football, especially with Jalen Hurts. So this is a luxury pick for Philadelphia. The rich get richer. It makes me sick. But the Eagles take Jalen Hyatt at pick 62. John, finish us up. Who do you got the Eagles taking in the second round? Yeah, so because of in my mock, obviously, the rich got richer in the end of the first round with the Jordan Addison pick. Here, I think this pick makes a ton of sense. Uh, they've got John Michael Schmitz, uh, a man after my own heart and my name, John Michael, <laughs> the center out of Minnesota. Um, nice. On the first look page here, they've got him listed at 6'3", 301. So he's a big boy, um, but he's not uh, overly tall. I think a lot of times centers don't project overly tall. But Schmitz was the single highest graded center in FBS in the past season at 92.4 overall. He's a four-year starter at Minnesota. So they're saying he's already playing the position the way it looks in the NFL. With the question marks, um, you know, on how long – Kelsey is going to stay with yep. them um, at the center position. I think this makes a ton of sense for them. Um, this is kind of a safer pick, but they made some splashes earlier in my mock uh, with with the Jordan Addison pick. This this in the first two rounds kind of gets them another weapon to play with, but then it also uh, shores up two issues, right, that they may come up with in the future. So I think that makes a ton of sense for them. I think they go center um, early in the draft if, if somebody – of quality falls to them uh, because I don't know what Brett Toth uh, brings to the table. He's their, he's their backup right now. Um, But there's, there's a good chance that he's a backup for a reason. So I think uh, bolstering the offensive line um, in a place where uh, Philadelphia is going to have to have a lot of focus on in the next couple of years, I think makes a ton of sense. 
Yeah, I think the I think we have a theme here between you and I, John, and that's the Eagles. Uh, although they lost a lot of talent in free agency, they still don't have a whole lot of team needs. They have an incredibly strong roster going into the 2023 season. So maybe they're going to be looked at adding depth and uh, looking to replace some of these veterans who are probably going to be on their way out. Jason Kelsey, undrafted guy, arguably the greatest center in the history of this league. And, uh, you know, you, you, you draft his predecessor here. He gets to sit behind Jason Kelsey and who better to learn from. So uh, John Michael steps in in 2024, probably, um, you know, an above average center. So, uh, and a kid who's six three three hundred pounds played in the big 10, you know, he's physical. He'll fit right, right in Philadelphia. I love the pick. Honestly, I love all these picks. I, I I'm, I'm so excited. I, I'll get, I'll give all of us a, a B plus to an A minus. I think we, I think we, you and I both did a, a fantastic job drafting these teams. I hope that our general managers can uh, live up to our <laughs> hype. Um, for those of you living under a rock, uh, the NFL draft uh, first round is Thursday, April 27th. The second round will be Friday the 28th, second and third round, Friday the 28th. And rounds four through seven will be on Saturday the 29th. Very exciting um, for football nerds like us. I know it's pretty much, you know, Commissioner Goodell going to a stage and reading off of a card. But, you know, sometimes you get. Uh, guys like, uh, you know, the Eagles had like David Akers, the Cowboys had Drew Pearson, yeah. Pat, McAf- Pat McAfee will show up. Oh, Sometimes they'll have, they'll have they'll have an orangutan. Yeah, Kyle Brandt. <laughs> they'll have zoo, zoo animals picking it. They, they do a good job. It's good television. It'll be on FS1. It'll be on NFL Network, ESPN, wherever you get your sports um, next Thursday night. Be very exciting. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a trade or two. I think something big happens in this draft. Yeah. We got we got the big quarterbacks, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. So they're probably all gonna go in the top ten. Uh any final thoughts, John, on on the NFC East draft or just the NFL draft um coming up? Yeah, you just mentioned it. I think a lot of those quarterbacks are gonna somehow uh, you know, they always shake out somewhere up in the top 10, right? Like there's definitely, I think, gonna be some fun trades because I think there's some quarterback needy teams. Um that are going to be willing to go up to get one of these guys, whether it's a Will Levis or CJ Stroud or, uh, or Anthony Richardson. Um, it's going to be exciting. Um, it always is. I wish that the NFL still did at least like one to two rounds the first night. I feel like yeah. the first round just doesn't give you enough. Um, but it's, uh, it's going to be great. I'm excited. And I typically end up watching at least most of Thursday, all of Thursday, most of Friday. And then uh, I, I kind of, check in randomly throughout the rest of the weekend. So yeah, me too. The thing, the thing about the first round is I think there's like 15 minutes between picks. That's what sucks. It's like these yeah. teams, like the, the Carolina Panthers already know who they're drafting. It's probably Bryce young, but they're right. not going to go out there. Oh, until they're going to take the whole 15 yes. minutes. Yes. It's so bogus, but regardless. Um, one other quick note that I forgot to mention earlier that I noticed, uh, as I was scrolling through picks here is, uh, don't forget that the Miami Dolphins had a forfeited pick there. So there's really only 31 picks in the first oh, round wow. um, because their pick would have been the 21st pick in the draft, which it is now not. Uh, so now the Chargers are picking at 21 and the first round ends on pick 31 instead of 32. Interesting. 
Oh, yeah. A little wrinkle in the, in the draft this year. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll get to bed before midnight because that shit, it tends to drag. <laughs> but regardless, I know all of you listening love football as much as John and I, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to us break down the draft. And I hope you all enjoy the NFL draft n- next week. And we will see you starting in May for our team previews. We're probably going to go Washington in May, the Giants in June, Cowboys in July, Eagles in August, and then it's time for football, baby. This is the right NFC the East. Food. Mm-hmm.